0: Welcome back, everybody, to Episode 2 of Season 1 of J&B Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm here alongside me is Jackson Schroeder, as always. Jackson, welcome back. Thank
1: you, Bobby. Glad to be back.
0: Before we get started, let's go over some housekeeping. We had 129 listeners to Episode 1. Guys, that is an unbelievable number. Thank you so much, when you hear it, please share it on all your social medias. You can even follow us on Twitter at JBWeeklyWrapUp. We will follow you back because we all love you. That's yeah. right. And Without you guys, we are nothing. So please share. More More listeners we get, the uh, more we can do, including advertising, commercials, all that good stuff. So let's get started here. Jackson, NCAA college football this past Saturday was kind of a crazy one. Uh. Who were your biggest winners?
1: Well, yeah, there were a lot of great games, a lot of a lot of surprises. But uh, s- to start it off, we've got the biggest surprise of the game of the of last week, and that's Louisville. Louisville destroyed, stomped uh, what we thought was a good Florida State team. Lamar Jackson, he's going to win the Heisman if he can stay healthy. He rushed for 146 yards and four four touchdowns, and he passed for 216 yards and one score. He even impressed uh, Michael Vick, who was uh, friendly enough to tweet out, Lamar Jackson is five times better than I was at Tech." Enough said. And he threw the hashtag future in there as well. Yeah, the Louisville Cardinals, that was such an, that was such an impressive win over a Florida State team that came back against Ole Miss. It's a whole other story there, but they're looking really good. There's, I know there was some discrepancy whether they should be two or three with Ohio State. What do you think about that, Bobby?
0: It's early on. Obviously, nowadays, it's not the old BCS system where you need to have a top two seating, top four. I'm happy with it. As you saw two years ago in the first ever playoff college football playoff, Ohio State was ranked number four. Slipped in there and won the whole thing. So it really doesn't matter where you're ranked as long as you're in that party of four. And then hopefully in the upcoming years, they uh, expand that to eight and really have a huge party there.
1: Yeah, well, that carries me right into my next team, which is the Ohio State Buckeyes. I've got them as my uh, number two biggest winner uh, for this week. They uh, JT Barrett, impressive. He's going to be um, a Heisman candidate also, if he can stay healthy. Uh, he passed for 152 yards and four touchdowns again, um, and he rushed for 72 yards. And this is his year. He doesn't have any competition, no Cardell Jones behind him um, or in front of him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is his year to really take off and take advantage of the situation he's been put in. And uh, also want to throw some credit out to Mike Weber and Curtis Samuel, who Mike Weber rushed for 123 yards and Curtis Samuel rushed for 98 yards and one score. So they're not missing Zeke too much there in Columbus.
0: No, absolutely right. No, it's uh, it was a it was a weird year last year for Ohio State. They had just so much talent on every single position. Uh, everyone that left for the league, they had 12 guys drafted, 14 in the league right now from that class. They were all about just getting their touches, getting the NFL to look at them, and now it's it's JT Barrett running the show. All these young studs just playing very well, great football right now. I'll get into them later on. But who's your who's your biggest? Uh, who's your other top three breakouts? Well, team? at
1: three, I'm staying in the Big Ten. We've got Michigan State. Um, they they won a big game over Notre Dame, 36 to 28, and uh, I think that'll boost their confidence a little bit going into the Wisconsin game, which is really that's going to be a test to see how good these second tier Big 10 teams are besides Ohio State and Michigan right now. I think the Big 10 is a strong is as strong as they have been recently. And uh this is this is a good year for them. Michigan State looked good against Notre Dame, but they've had their struggles also. And uh and so Tyler O'Connor was very impressive as well. He's filling Connor Cook's shoes. Uh he passed for 241 yards and two touchdowns and uh Gerald Holmes he, he uh, broke a 73-yard touchdown run, which is great. And the only concern is that defense allowing Notre Dame to come back. They scored 21 straight towards the end of the game. But uh, I think they just got a lot of sl- a little sloppy towards the end. I think they go into Madison. Where's that game in Madison? The game? That, the, we'll, uh,
0: we'll talk about that game a little bit later. It's in Michigan State.
1: Oh, it's at – okay. Yeah, well, I, I think that's going to be a, a good game, but I think Michigan State's going to pull, pull away in that one.
0: Well, I'm not disagreeing with any team you had there for the biggest winners in Week Three. I'm gonna start out with all the road teams that had huge wins. Starting off on Thursday night, Houston went to Cincinnati. They had the H down, take down, uh, geo tag on Snapchat. Houston was barely, barely winning at some one point in the third quarter. They were losing. Uh, ended up scoring 28 points in the fourth quarter to win that game, 40 to 16. The most. Weird scored game I've seen a long time. It was a very tight game in that beginning of the fourth quarter, and then they opened up with a couple pick sixes. Next game, Ohio State. I mean, that's my Buckeyes team. They dominated in Norman, Oklahoma, absolutely destroyed the Oklahoma Sooners and knocked them out of the playoff contention. And next, I got to go to the SEC and give you a little representation there. Jackson with the, oh, al- yeah. the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> Obviously Alabama is one of the strongest if not the strongest team in college football and has been for the last 8 years pretty much as they've just, That's right. They, they've rolled the tide there pretty much. They they won 48 to 43 in Old Miss. That's another huge road game. Uh all the announcers are saying, you know, they look sluggish at the end there, but Nick Saban came out afterwards said he was very very happy with his team on the road in a true SEC environment game. He Old- even gave them a day off. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would have too. Those guys got beat up. I mean, you saw their quarterback, Hurts, get absolutely laid out, fumble the ball, huge uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown for Ole Miss that got them a huge lead. It was 24-3 to at one point, and Alabama just turned it on. Another team on the road, like you said, Michigan State going to South Bend, uh, playing Notre Dame. That's a huge win for them. And then I'm going to stick to the SEC there. Georgia and Texas A&M both going on the road there. In late at night, uh, Georgia played Missouri. Kind of a hostile environment there. They won 28-27. Did you see that video of the kid that went absolutely berserk after the game? I did not. I have to show you this. I was thinking of you the entire time. The kid uh, watched the Georgia Bulldogs when they scored the touchdown to go up 28-27 with under two minutes to go, ran around, actually broke his front door window. (laughs) <laughs> and the guy tweeted out, oh, this is what I deal with daily. And then Texas A&M going to Auburn and eliminating Auburn. Now they are 1-2. and two. They won 29-16.
1: Texas A&M has been doing some good stuff lately. I think they are uh, someone to look out for in the SEC West.
0: Very huge game coming up. We'll talk about that later as they play Arkansas. And uh, I guess you can go with the biggest winner. I'll agree with you there. Uh, Louisville absolutely stepped up. The questions I have, though. One, Ole Miss is the best team Florida State beat. They are one and two now. We don't know how good they really are. They also
1: played Alabama, the best team in college football. I think but Ole they Miss- still lost
0: though. The last two years they beat Alabama. This, this past year they did not. Florida State beat them after they were getting handily beaten the first half. A huge comeback allowed them to come obviously come back and win that game. And Lamar Jackson, everyone's front runner in Heisman, mine as well. But the problem is, you look at him. He is not built like a big ooh, quarterback. Ooh, yeah, here's his here's his dimensions. Here, he's a six foot three, one hundred and ninety six pound quarterback. That is a stick. He needs to <laughs> hit the weight room, drink some milk, eat some carbs there, get a little bigger there, and uh, then you'll have some pro teams drooling over him. I mean, right now they look at him and he, as Mike Vick said, he did, looks better than him. But the problem is, Mike Vick also had a bigger frame than him, so he could take the hits. He gets hit one time against an SEC Bama team. He's going to be out for a long time. So <laughs> those, right, yeah. those are my uh, winners from week three. Biggest losers. There was a couple losers. Who would you have there?
1: Well, uh, my biggest loser I have is Old Miss, and it's really unfortunate for them right now because they, they played Florida State, who was ranked second in the country when they played them, I believe. Florida State? For, or were they fourth?
0: They were, they, were, they were a little higher. I'll look it up real quick.
1: Anyway, yeah. Well, they played us what was then supposedly a strong Florida State team. Lost that one. Gave, they were fourth. Okay, gave up, um, gave up that game after leading big, and then they have to play Alabama, the Crimson Tide. Yeah, it was, it was in Oxford, but that's that's tough having to beat what was then the number four team and then the number one team. And they got I, Georgia this week at number got twelve. G- that's going to be an interesting game. Um, I think that Florida State is your best. Uh, two-loss team, in, or not Florida State, excuse me. Ole Miss is your best two-loss team in the country right now, and I, I think that they're they're still going to stay in there in the SEC West. I think they win out.
0: Anyone else? Biggest loser? That's your biggest, biggest well, loser overall.
1: That, yeah, that's my biggest loser overall. I, I, I'm letting you okay. take this one.
0: All right, I got two teams that are just biggest loser in my opinion. One shouldn't have lost, the number 11 Texas Longhorns. They went to the Pac-12 at night and lost to California in a heartbreaker. They were down by seven points. Uh, California, they were trying to hold California, try to get the ball back with under a minute to go. The running back broke out a huge run, was running into the end zone and dropped the ball before the end zone. I was watching it live. It was about 2 a.m. on a Saturday night, Sunday morning. Texas clearly picked it up in the video. He handed it to the ref. They went under booth review. I was yelling at my roommates. I said, look, that he dropped it even before in live time. They reviewed it, said there was no clear pickup for Texas. They gave the ball to California on the one-yard line, and they took a couple knees. The game was over. That game right there for Charlie Strong is going to be a huge game. Looking forward to see how they come back after the defense has been giving up a lot of points. Notre Dame, they gave up 43, and now to California, they gave up 50.
1: See, that's my my problem with Texas right now. I like that uh, they're starting to get some wins as of late, but I never thought that they should be. Uh, in the top 15, at all, let alone maybe the top 25. That that defense, giving up 50 points to an unranked Cal team is just, that's not top 25 football. The
0: same Cal team that got ran over by San Diego State last week. He, yeah. They gave yeah. 281 yards to Humphreys. I will well, we'll talk about him next Lack
1: season. of defense in the Big 12 right now, and <laughs> the Pac 12. There's the small the 12, 12 and the
0: Big 12. They're just not good at defense, and they haven't been good at defense a team that could be going to the Pac or excuse me the Big 12 soon, North Dakota State, one of the biggest upsets of the year beating Iowa in Iowa 23-21. North Dakota State is an unbelievable team in the 1AA. They've been perennial powerhouse for the last 5 years, pretty much winning every single championship. And uh Iowa question marks around them they coming into this year, all the hope. You know what, they lost the last two games of the season after starting out 12-0. and They lost a heartbreaker to Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship. They go to the bowl game and absolutely get destroyed by Christian McCaffrey and pretty much only him. Again, since that Stanford team. Got blown out. Iowa comes into this year thinking, you know what, we'll go to the Big Ten Championship again, which they still can. They were ranked 13th at the time against North Dakota State. Comes in there and game winning kick seals the deal uh shakes a lot of heads but they're a huge poser i think they 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 show they're like the kid that comes home from uh from school and shows their parents you know what i'm not going to show you what what class i took but i got an a yeah yeah and then you see ohio state and they're coming home and saying hey mom i took chemistry geometry Algebra 17 and got all A's going to Norman compared to playing at home during the day against North Dakota State and losing. And now North Dakota State is uh, receiving these highest votes that are not ranked in Division One. Did you see
1: that? I did not,
0: no. Yeah, they are ranked like 26 now in Division One, which is crazy. They could be ranked in two polls, one AA and now Division One.
1: Wow. Moving. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. And they don't even
0: have Carson Wentz anymore. He's <laughs> yeah, playing exactly. for the Eagles. He's two and zero there. So uh, great. moving on to the Heisman front runners. Who are your top three going from three to one?
1: Well, to start off, we've got the obvious Lamar Jackson. I think he's everyone's favorite, and it's sort of inarguable right now. Uh, he he is nine hundred and thirteen passing yards with eight touchdowns, and he just rushed for four hundred sixty four yards and count them ten touchdowns. Ten rushing touchdowns to three games, eight passing touchdowns and I think eighteen touchdowns total that 's more than he had all of last year i believe and uh and he 's second in the country overall, including all the running backs for rushing stats so far he he 's just tearing it up out there but uh yeah and if he can stay healthy he he is the heisman winner this year, I believe that is true
0: he had twenty three touchdowns as total last year he had twelve passing eleven rushing. He's eight passing this year and 10 rushing this year. So one rushing behind and four passing touchdowns behind. Watch out.
1: Yeah. See. They're really taking advantage of a good weapon there in Louisville. Number 2, I have uh I have JT Barrett. He's uh he's getting stuff done like I said earlier at Ohio State. He this is his year. He has 650 passing yards and 10 touchdowns through the air. And he's rushed for 159 yards and three touchdowns as well. So some really good stats there. And going into Norman, Oklahoma, and uh, getting the big win for the Buckeyes there—that's not that's not hard to do. And at night, that's uh, just great football coming from him. At number three, I have Nick Chubb, the Georgia boy. He struggled last week, uh, but he we had 365 yards and three touchdowns on the season. He's going to keep going. He's going to break a thousand yards. He's going to have his breakout 200 yard rushing games I think that he will he he won't win the Heisman this year with guys like Lamar Jackson and JT Barrett ahead of him and let's see wait to see what Christian McCaffrey gets going too. I think he'll he'll get moving but uh but he'll be up for the award he'll be one of the three guys sitting there at the ceremony waiting to he well, he'll he'll probably hear Lamar Jackson's name but uh, we'll see there what about you, Bobby? Who are your highs and favorites?
0: Okay, I'm not crowning anybody yet like you are with Lamar Jackson, but at number three I have is my dark horse, JT Barrett. He does not have the best numbers in college football, but right now the Ohio State Buckeyes are ranked second, are 3-0, and and they just went to Norman. JT Barrett put up 14 of 20, threw for 152 yards, which isn't that much, but he had four touchdown passes, including probably the catch of the year so far. Noah Brown, if you haven't seen it, folks, go to YouTube, type in Noah Brown. Touchdown catch against Oklahoma. He went on the back of a defender of Oklahoma Sooners, caught the ball, got both feet in bounds for a touchdown right before half, which opened the gates up, and Ohio State took control of that one. JT Barrett also rushed for 74 yards. Here is a guy that most people have not heard of unless you're a huge sports fan. Donnell Pumphreys, running back, San Diego State. This so far, through three games, he has 599 rushing yards. He has seven touchdowns, and in two games, the last two games, he's put up 220-plus rushing yards. And then against California, two games ago, he put up 281 rushing yards, three touchdowns on 29 carries. He averaged 9.7 yards per carry, which is an unbelievable stat. Right now, San Diego State is 3-0, and and have – Absolutely, just dominated teams other than that Cal they won by five. But when you got a running back putting up 250 plus, you're putting your offense and quarterback in an easy, easy position. And obviously, right now, my front runner I'm not giving it to him because he has a, a prone for injury, he's just so little. Is Lamar Jackson 61 completions, uh, completion percentage. He's thrown for eight touchdowns, um, and then obviously 464 rushing yards. That's a 9.5. Average there—that's an unbelievable uh feat. Now, with that, he plays in the ACC. We can go to the best conferences you have. <laughs> Power Five, starting from number five to one.
1: All right, I think I think ours are relatively similar here. So maybe we can, we can agree uh, on a couple of them. Yeah, we'll go together here. But I've got a number one, no, no, no. number five. Oh, we're starting with number five. That's okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think we can agree on this one. The Big Twelve—they're struggling. I don't think anyone has a defense. Any team has a defense there. It's a all your scores are 43, 50 points. Uh, just, they're just not what they used to be with one of their best teams possibly being Baylor right now. Yeah, uh, it's looking rough in uh, at the Big 12. What do you have to say about them?
0: Yeah, I get the same thing. Big 12 is the worst Power 5 conference. I would even have American jumping on them. If they had the teams like they had last year with Houston and Memphis who were highly ranked, you'd have to watch out. But, Big 12, number 5, they had two ranked teams. Like you said, Baylor at 16, Oklahoma, who's 1-2, and and eliminated from the uh, playoff committee at 25. I mean, they're barely hanging on there with the thread. They only have two undefeated teams left, Baylor and West Virginia. And you know West Virginia's going to slip up one of the games. And here's a stat through the first three weeks. Big 12 play against Power 5 conferences. They are 4-5. and five. They have a losing record. That is not what you want to have. And you know what we'll have to wait and see what happens but i don't see the big 12 making a uh or having a team represent them in the final four
1: next up i think we got the pac 10 they not what they have been with uh oregon slipping with uh stanford not being in the top five stanford's been doing some good stuff lately uh giving washington a run for their money there and um yeah well the the pac 10 just is struggling this year with uh Stanford as their number 1 ranked team. They they're lacking defense as well. Uh which hasn't been a problem for them in the past with teams like Oregon, but uh we will just wait to see what's going on there. Um, what do you think about them, Bobby?
0: Make sure I'm still coming in here. All right, so I have the Pac-12 just like they're with you. They are have 6 teams in the top 25, which is a positive. Uh, they are two and o versus the big twelve teams that's why I have them at number four. Uh the two games they had they had Arizona State beat Texas Tech sixty-eight fifty-five again a no defense. No game. defense I mean you're putting up a hundred and twenty plus points there almost. That's incredible. Like what what is going on there in both those conferences? And then Cal beat Texas a score of fifty to forty three again, no defense as well First, the power five conferences in three weeks of play. 5-5 five and five is the record, not
1: what you want to see. Well, the ACC is looking pretty good. For them making the jump over the Pac-10 and Big 12, that has been something where they have not stood recently. But uh, Clemson coming out last year and doing great things, making it all the way to the national championship game, they're not the same team they have been in the past. Sean Watson struggling a little bit. Um, their defense has also struggled. But they are 3-0 and undefeated, and they're looking good. But the team to beat in the ACC right now is Louisville, and crushing Florida State. That that's that's so impressive, and uh, Lamar Jackson, great stuff. They've got some good athletic players in the ACC. They're full of young speedsters, and they and they can run with just about anybody. Yeah, I'm agree with you on that.
0: The conference play as a whole is not the best. Uh, the problem they have, Louisville has stepped up, as you've seen. They're 3-0. They just beat Florida State handedly. Florida State getting beat that bad hurts them in the aspect. Uh, we don't know how good they really are. And Clemson, as you said, has not looked good at all. Here's a stat right here. Clemson is 3-0. Like you said, they looked very poorly in the first two games. They just beat South Carolina State. South Carolina State is 0-3. The last... They're 0-3. All three games combined, they've lost a total of 150-24. to 24. They've been shut out twice, once to University of Central Florida and Clemson. The second half to that Clemson game was shortened. They agreed to that coming into it. They are taking money to play Clemson and getting their butts handed to them because you know what? That I guess that makes the school money, but it was very, very hard to see scores like that. I don't know if you saw the one of the kickoffs. They kicked off to a South Carolina State player. He didn't need the ball. He thought it was a touchback. He threw the ball to the ref. The ball stayed in the end zone. And Clemson guys ran on there and scored a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. It was a not top ten play. Was
1: that oh. kind of game all the way through. Fifty nine nothing.
0: No, it was uh it was forty I think it was forty four nothing at half. Right. Yeah. No,
1: yeah, fifty nine and nothing.
0: Yeah, it was fifty nine nothing. Uh they stopped. They stopped scoring after. They only scored like 14 points in the second half. Clemson did. They shut. They took all the offensive guys out. Like Deshaun Watson, we'll see coming up in two in uh, two weeks. They end up playing. Clemson will uh, host Louisville. So that's going to be a huge marquee matchup. Probably top four and uh, playoff riveted teams written all over it at that point. Who do you have at number
1: two? Well, this is where we differentiate a little bit here. I've got the Big Ten at number two, the SEC at number one, and you have the switch, do you?
0: I do. But tell me, why do
1: you have the Big Ten at number two? I have the Big Ten at number two just because teams like Iowa can slip up and struggle. Who's your 13th ranked team? I don't like that. I love what Ohio State's doing. I love what uh, uh, what Harbaugh's doing at Michigan right now. I think they look great. I don't know if I'd put them above Houston and Clemson right now but we'll see. I, I think Ohio State is the best team in that division. Michigan's going to slip up along the way before they get to uh, Ohio State at the last game of the season. Michigan State looks good, but they did beat a struggling Notre Dame team, and uh, and that sort of looks like the USC, USC win for Alabama. I, I I think that they have a lot of potential, but... um. They still have something to prove in my eyes, and Wisconsin is the same way. Going to beat LSU, who we now see is ranked 18th, but has not been playing very good football. LSU, Leonard Fournette is not having the type of year that they're all trying, they're all uh, everyone was expecting there. Um, But yeah, that's why I have uh, the Big Ten is number two, and I think that my reasoning for number one. SEC is just it's the SEC the SEC West beats each other up over and over again but I say you put Iowa Michigan State Wisconsin against almost any team in the SEC West right now and it wouldn't be surprising if uh, one of the top tier teams in the Big Ten lost to one of the bottom tier teams in the SEC West in my opinion
0: all right so here's the deal with the SEC West and the SEC as a whole I am so tired of SEC fans saying they're the best conference in all football you take the Alabama Crimson Tide out of your conference, and you are a very basic conference as a whole. They're the only team keeping you above float because they can beat up on anybody in any given time. You see that when but they go to the bowl see, games. you
1: just see Ole Miss uh, giving Alabama a run for their money. They Ole Miss is a lost, good team. Though. It
0: doesn't matter. You're at home. You should play good. The problem I have is you'll see these teams, oh, we beat up on each other. Well, if you're a good team, you take care of teams. And you're not doing it, obviously, if you're Ole Miss, and you're now you're out of the playoffs. It's week three, and you're already out of the playoffs. So what are you playing for? What was this that 0-10, the whole state of Mississippi this past weekend? Yeah. Very man. embarrassing for that. Um, I have SEC at number two, barely because I think the ACC is coming right up on them. Uh, as you see, Florida State handled Ole Miss in the second half and took down what they needed to do. And we'll see moving forward. But I have SEC at number two. And then obviously, I might be a little biased at number one, but right now, the uh, Big Ten has four teams in the top 25, or excuse me, top 10. And that's the first time they've had that in a very long time. You have a all these undefeated teams that are taking care of business in the non-conference as is Wisconsin taking care of the LSU and the SEC. You have Michigan State at number 8. I mean they they are t- 2-0. Oh, they just took care of Notre Dame. We don't know how good Notre Dame is. Michigan at 3-0. Oh, they haven't really played anyone yet and then Ohio State at number 2. This is the AP poll, excuse me, the coach I mean excuse me, the coaches poll with four of the top uh Big 10 teams in ranked there. Uh, I also have. Moving forward, we'll see how good Michigan State and Wisconsin are. They play this week. If some team dominates, and you'll really know who a, a, a good I agree. Team is. Yeah,
1: and uh, I, I just want to throw the point out there that the SEC and the especially the SEC West is they're consistent good teams. They don't have any of those standout teams right now because they beat each other up. And like Ole Miss could still be in the top ten if they hadn't lost to Alabama last week. And uh, but we do uh, the SEC does have eight teams in the top twenty-five. Yeah, to the, every, the voters to still the Big love tens Five, and I'm saying uh, you guys watch watch for watch for Texas A&M and Arkansas exactly. and Florida's got a good defense too. I think that Florida this week is going to knock off Tennessee. But we'll talk about that game a little bit. Talking more later.
0: matchups, let's just head right to it. I'm a I have four marquee matchups for Week Four moving. Ahead, I'm going to name the game, name the spread, and you tell me who you have and why. At noon on Saturday, your number 12-ranked Georgia Bulldogs head to the 23-ranked Ole Miss. They are 1-2. Right now, the line says Ole Miss minus 7. Who do you have and why,
1: Jackson. I have Ole Miss in that game, and it hurts me. But I think that Georgia is weak. I think that Kirby Smart needs to still get stuff together there. I think Mark Richt has a better Miami team than Georgia is right now. I think Georgia's just hanging on. The it was a their impressive win over UNC. It's just because UNC was good last year, and the, this year they're not. They're not the team that they were last year, and they proved even at the end last year against like Clemson and them that they weren't just as good as everyone thought and lose and only beating uh possibly well definitely bottom tier sec missouri by one point that's that's not a good win
0: another key why i don't think the sec is that good but keep going
1: and uh well that's that's the sec east i think that's a little different than the west but um but yeah i i just don't i don't i don't like i don't like the bulldogs in that matchup and that pains me as you know
0: Absolutely, I'm actually going to disagree with you. I'm going to take your hometown team. I think Ole Miss has gotten beat up the last two games, and coming uh, off a game where they tried their all and lost to Alabama, and it's going to take a toll on the guys. It's only they have six days, so they got to play another game at seven. Uh, so, I think the Georgia Bulldogs come in there, and Ole Miss has really nothing to play for. the one and two. They're, they're they have an SEC chance of, I guess, a slight outside chance of winning the SEC West. Uh, I still don't think that's going to happen. When you lose very early on in the season, it hurts your chances big time. I think Georgia comes in there and surprises a lot of people with with Kirby. So I'll take Georgia in that game. I'll go against you. Uh, at, also at 12, in East Lansing, the number 11 Wisconsin Badgers, 3-0, and will play number 8 Michigan State Spartans at 2-0. and Michigan State is favored minus five and a half.
1: Well, this is an interesting mass matchup. Uh, this will be a good measuring stick for where these two teams stand and where the Big Ten Conference sort of stands in their s- style of play right now. I have Michigan State winning this game. I think that Wisconsin has struggled as of uh, – well, they haven't struggled, but they, they haven't seemed very solid. I think that LSU win was a shocker, and that made uh, the people who conducted the poll – that shocked them and they just jumped Wisconsin up way higher than they should be, and I I, sort of in the same way as Georgia. I think that both of those teams should be ranked, but 22 to 25 type area, and I think that they will both be after this week. I've got Michigan State in that game.
0: Well, if you're an SEC fan, you should be rooting hard for Wisconsin to make LSU at least look better, because if Wisconsin goes to Michigan State and gets beat, as bad as Michigan State beat Notre Dame, I know Notre Dame had a nice comeback, but... I quit watching after it got to like 39 to 8 at one point. If that happens this week, I don't know how good LSU is going to be, truthfully. But obviously, everyone has that same question. Leonard
1: Fournette's got to get together. He he needs to get back to the style of play that he was at last year.
0: 100%. He needs to. That's why the team was ranked so high, is because they thought they were going to ride him the whole way to the promised land. We'll see how good Michigan State is. Uh, we don't know how good Notre Dame is, even though they did play at Notre Dame, but I do think Michigan State will win this game. It's going to be a very low-scoring game. Expect big defenses in the Big Ten. I could see a final score of possibly 16-10. to 10. I could see Michigan State barely covering that spread. Another game, we're going to hop to the SEC at 3.30 on CBS. The number 19 Florida Gators at 3-0 will Take on a very confusing number fourteen team in Knoxville, the Tennessee Volunteers. At six six and a half points, the Tennessee Volunteers are favored.
1: Well, Tennessee is a strong case right here. You've got so such great hopes going into the season with your quarterback Josh Dobbs, and uh, they just really haven't been able to look up uh, to live up to their expectations. I think that they they are weak, and I think that Florida looks good. Uh, Tennessee will finally be knocked off by Florida. They have a strong defense, the Gators. They've only allowed 14 points on the season. They haven't faced great competition, but I think that they will handle the Volunteers and knock them, if not out of the top 25, to the very bottom because uh, the Pollers have been waiting to take them out.
0: Oh, absolutely. You've been wait- You just, As you said, you said on-point Tennessee Volunteers. I've been lucky not to lose a the game. They should have lost to Appalachian State on a miss extra point there. Against Virginia Tech, they looked very sluggish in the first half, then took advantage of the second half. And against Ohio, our own school here. The Bobcats went down to Knoxville, and they did not get scared at all. There was five fumbles the Tennessee Volunteers had, and not a single one was recovered by Ohio University. I've never seen that in my life, a stat like that. Josh Sobbs got very lucky. And you know what? who's on more commercials now, a former athlete than anyone? Who's that? Peyton Manning. Oh yeah, that's easy. Old volunteer quarterback. I expect him to be there. You never know what could happen if Peyton Manning's in the presence of a game. He's an yeah. unbelievable guy. But you there's know an what? aura around you him. You know what his record was against Florida when he was to college?
1: Mm, one and three. Zero oh and
0: four. Zero oh and four. Never could get that win against the Gators. And an unbelievable stat. I mean, that's the one team he could never beat. So we'll see what happens. I think Tennessee. Oh, it's a tough one. I want to pick them because I want to believe in the hype, but I would not be surprised if the Gators uh, go go down there, or excuse me, go up to Knoxville and knock off the number 14 volunteers. Hey, look at that.
1: We're agreeing on something. We're agreeing on All something. Right. You,
0: know, hey, you know what? Friendship can last a long time in this world. <laughs> All right, the last game in college football before we switch topics here. At 9 o'clock on ESPN, the number 17 Arkansas Razorbacks at 3-0 will go to Texas A&M in Arlington, Texas and face the 3-0 Texas A&M Aggies. A&M is favored by minus 5.5. Who do you have and why?
1: Ooh, That's a good game. I'm excited to see that one because I think that both of these teams are strong teams. I think Texas A&M has the edge in this game. Uh, Arkansas has, has played well so far. I think that the Razorbacks have d- done their job but they beat TCU, who I don't like right now, um, only by three points at TCU. You, you're sold on UCLA? I
0: think that's the big win that A&M has.
1: No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 A&M. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm about saying yeah, A&M's Arkansas. biggest win
0: because Arkansas' biggest win was against TCU at TCU, and then A&M's biggest win was home against UCLA.
1: I think that Arkansas has a good way like they struggle. They always start off well like and then they they fall off. They're a very streaky team. They can win big games or they could lose. Here look at this. To Louisiana Tech, they won by 1 point at home in their home opener. They don't win pretty. I'm not They don't they do win, win, win pretty and they can lose. They're one of those teams they can they can beat anyone, but they can lose to anyone and I think they lose this matchup.
0: We agreed on last time. It's a short-lived experience <laughs> there. I'm going with the Arkansas Razorbacks. They are my dark horse in the SEC West, actually. I think they have a very Big Ten-like offense. <laughs> you
1: just love the Big Ten. Well,
0: you know who their coaches, right? Who? Old Wisconsin coach. Oh. There you go. Okay. So that's what I think uh, is going to happen. I think they're going to run the ball heavy. Arkansas upsets a and M. I I know uh, one of the field hockey players sure she's probably not going to be happy with that pick. (laughs) But what can you do? I I believe that Arkansas, they always play Alabama tough. I don't know why. They're never that great of a team. But this year, this could be the first time uh, that everything could be coming together for Arkansas. So we'll have to wait and see. I think they they surprise a lot of people. They win this game. They're going to go skyrocket. In the uh, in the polls for the voters, I think they're going to finally buy into the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, Brett Bielema, the coach there at Arkansas, is doing a great job. Uh, he loads up with the, the the big guys up front, and that's what you got to do. Run run heavy there against a And M's. I don't know. How, I don't, I'm not sold to them. I haven't never been sold. Even with Johnny Manziel, I was never sold. They've been a really really f- they were a flaky team. They would they would show up one
1: week and not show up the next week. I agree, but I think that Arkansas is way more like that, and that's also the SEC West. That's the style of football yep. that goes on there. Is they just they beat each other up because they have they are the best division and have been for a long time in right. college football. Don't get carried away with that. We're going to move on to the <laughs> NFL here. We're going to do week
0: two breakdown. What was Jackson right and what was Jackson wrong? We're do the same as with me. What were you right on with episode one?
1: I'll tell you what I was right about that uh, we argued on. I was ar- right about Cam Newton and the Panthers. Uh, Cam threw for four touchdowns, and the Panthers beat the Niners, forty-six to twenty-seven. I think he, uh, Cam Newton was the fantasy leader this week, uh, for as long as co- as far as quarterback play goes. And uh, I, lo- I love the Panthers this year. Uh, they jumped in the power rankings and de- deservedly so. Uh, look to see them have a late playoff push okay and
0: is that the only thing you're right on
1: no i was right on other things okay. I, was, I was gonna let you chime in give uh, me a little
0: i mean I, yeah you should i mean <laughs> carolina was is a good team i mean they they were in the super bowl last year you expect them to show up they played a very weak in my opinion the san francisco 49ers team at home true uh, like we said west coast teams do not travel well and east coast teams do not travel well to the opposite coast 46-27 score. Cam Newton had a field day, and I expect him to do that a lot if he had to go and stay home and have the uh, NFC West teams come to him.
1: You're going to like this next one. Um, I was right about the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Don't get too carried away, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> they beat Jameis Winston and Tampa Bay. You're Buccaneers there, Bobby. 40-7. to Jameis had four interceptions, and Carson Palmer stole the show. 308 yards and three touchdowns through the air. This team is full of weapons offensively and defensively. I like the Cardinals this year. think
0: well, you should like the Cardinals, but I'm saying they should have beat the Patriots week one with the Cardinals. They were at home. They need to win that game, which they do. Or they didn't they don't lose the or they don't win against New England. They were home against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers had to travel all the way again across coast. Jameis Winston is a very young quarterback. It's gonna take him time. I'm not saying they're gonna be great this year, but I still believe they can go ten and six and squeeze in and make the playoffs. Arizona Ooh, last year. Six. Yes. I don't know about that. Arizona was a solid playoff team last year. You expect them to win the games against a very young. 40 immature.
1: to 7 with four interceptions. You're still buying the Buccaneers? Absolutely. Arizona did that to a lot of great teams last year. So, I don't, well, I don't it's, know. It's well, that just two. proves my point. Buying the Cardinals. You should buy the Okay, that's fine. Go All ahead. All right. Number three, I was right about Carson Wentz and the Eagles. I love, I love Carson Wentz so far. Um, he threw for 190 yards and a score, which isn't too terribly impressive, but he did what he needed to do to give the win to the Eagles. And I think this that he's proving that he can be a franchise quarterback in Philadelphia. What they've been waiting there for uh, for so long. Crazy NFL fans in Philadelphia, and they just haven't been able to find a quarterback. Until now, I think you should look for Carson Wentz to be in Philadelphia for a long time and have a good franchise quarterback career uh, there. And they may find themselves winning a weak division in the NFC East. Uh, we'll see how the Cowboys and the Giants do. I'm already counting the Redskins out. but uh.
0: Yeah, very weird scenario going on in Washington. With It looks like people are coming out of the locker room saying they're not buying in into- the Kirk Cousins this year, which is kind of weird. I agree with you that Carson Wentz has looked unbelievable so far, but the teams he's played are both 0 and two, so an o and four record there. The Browns are still the Browns. <laughs> I, I was right on that episode one. They're the sa- the factory of sadness. They just they were up twenty to nothing.
1: I watched the whole game <laughs>
0: at home against the Baltimore Ravens, your a divisional rival, the team that stole you, and they let them come back and absolutely beat them down. I just I just don't understand the Browns. I mean, there was a bad call at the end there with that uh, taunting where he's flipped the ball to the ref and it hit the defender's head. Kind of funny. Uh, another <laughs> funny thing for you. <laughs> another thing I'm going to come at you on this one, the Jacksonville Jaguars are still very, very bad, folks. Do not buy into them. They have a very dysfunctional team. Blake Bortles is the only player, but he has no coaches to help him in Jacksonville, okay? He gets out of there and goes to say – New England, I know. I know it's very far fetched. Or if you can go to Arizona, you have an offensive powerhouse there. Those guys put up numbers and they help the quarterback out. They got beat at San Diego. Another reason I'll hold them to it, though. West Coast or East Coast traveling to the West Coast, the Chargers. The Chargers won thirty-eight to fourteen against Jacksonville. Very embarrassing. And this one is straight towards you, Jackson. You didn't even have this game as your game of the week. The Minnesota Vikings are the real deal. You need to buy into this. Sam Bradford signing that contract. This was his first week starting. They lost Adrian Peterson in the first half, and they still beat their division rivals. And the best team in that division, in my opinion, is the Green Bay Packers. They won 17-14. to Unbelievable win for the Vikings. The first game at home. I expected a lot of that. Bradford is the guy that's going to fill that position where Teddy Bridgewater, Louisville quarterback, needed to step up there. Um they have a Super Bowl talented roster, and with that, he's going to have to fill it up. I mean, we'll see how long Peterson's out, but yeah, great. losing
1: Peterson's a big, big deal.
0: We'll see how long he's out for, but still, it's a great win. And uh, I'll talk more about this team coming up in the next topic. What were your, what were you wrong about in episode? One? Well,
1: every every good man has to admit his mistakes that's here. Right, that's why we're doing this. Uh, my my first one, I was wrong about the Jaguars. They lost to San Diego, thirty-eight to fourteen. All fourteen points coming in the fourth quarter. San Diego is one of those. San Diego is one of those teams that everyone's had at the at the bottom of their list, and I think that they still are there, which was which means which which makes the the big loss for Jacksonville all the worse. I think that there's a lot of stuff to do there, just like there is in Tampa Bay for you, young quarterback, relatively young roster who just needs to keep going. TJ Yeldon's a great running back for them. I think they'll find their groove, maybe not this year, but I still say they go 7 and 9, 8 and 8. This is a they're on their way up. All right, yeah, I'm
0: going to agree with you. I had the wrong idea about Tampa like I said though they're still very young. Jameis Winston, I'm going to go with another team. I was wrong about the Oakland Raiders. Your Atlanta Falcons went across country, played Oakland in Oakland and beat them 35-28. If you're Derek Carr and company with Amari Cooper, you cannot lose that game. They could have started out 2-0. and Now they're in second place behind the Broncos, at, who are, won the first two games, which is unbelievable feat if you're Trevor Simeon, a Northwestern quarterback, who I didn't even think had a shot at being a starter. But, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Oakland. Who are your players on the rise?
1: I still have got some, some oh. stuff to admit. Let's admit some more stuff. <laughs> I'm coming right. clean You're here. You're coming clean. Let's hear <laughs> yeah. it. I was wrong about the Patriots. Yeah, they won. They are very but al- good. But allowing Miami to come back late proves that they aren't the best team in the NFL. I still put them, you'll as you'll see, I still have them up there. But I think that they get passed this week. And uh, I was also wrong about the Packers losing to Minnesota 17-14. very much. Their offense is struggling. Uh, I mean... Aaron Rodgers, you can't just live on his shoulders. Eddie Lacy cannot be their starting running back anymore. I just he, – he's a Trent Richardson-type situation, and I just uh, – I don't know. I, I loved him the first couple of years he was in the NFL, but as of late he's just – he's been struggling, and that's leaving more responsibility for Aaron Rodgers who who can't take the entire load of the offense. The problem I have with the – or excuse me, the Green Bay
0: Packers – is Aaron Rodgers. He's big. He's not as big as a Cam Newton. He's not as smart as a Tom Brady, and he's not as elusiveness as as a Andrew Luck. The problem with him is he turned the ball over with one interception that lost him the game at the very end, and he had I think it was three fumbles or four fumbles and only uh, lost one of them. That's very lucky. He was running with the ball out unprotected, and when you're doing that, at his age, he's not in his prime anymore. You can't—you're leaving yourself up for hits, and the defense was taking all advantage of it uh, against the Minnesota defense, who's very good. But you can't do that against other teams because they will take advantage for you. And we'll see what happens moving forward. Are we good to go with moving on to your yes players we are. on the rise? Yes,
1: we are. All right, let's hear it. Oh, my players on the rise. I have, um, well, I—I mean, I, this isn't on the rise, but I love. I think it's just a. Uh, proves how good that he is and always will be and i've got uh big ben roethlisberger okay. i think that he he's really taken this pittsburgh steelers team and made them i believe the best team in the nfl right now He he had a very impressive win over cincinnati the man's built like a fridge he can take hit after hit after hit and he'll get back up uh, I I love Big Ben Roethlisberger. Who who you have?
0: Okay, I'm gonna stay on the same team. I'm gonna go with D'Angelo Williams. That guy gets better Ooh, with yeah. age. He had 32 carries for 94 yards against the Bengals. Also had four receptions for 38 yards and a touchdown. It's a workhorse, and he was interviewed uh, by Dion Lu- or Dion Sanders, excuse me, uh, in this past week, and he was asking what happens when so so and so, meaning Le'Veon Bell, comes back healthy. What's going to happen when your touches go down? And he said straight, he a team player. He says, I don't care. I want to win. And you know what? That's what you want to have, guys, on your team. If you're not stepping up or you have a guy better than you, step up. Let them take it. Let them carry you. And then if you need to step up again, be ready. Uh, and then my breakout player who a lot of people are starting to get is Stefan Diggs, the wide receiver for Minnesota. Obviously seems like the number one target for Sam Bradford. He caught nine passes for 182 yards. And scored a touchdown against that Green Bay defense. That is very, very impressive. And now that he is playing in a dome up in Minnesota, expect those catches to stay up there. Because when it was minus four to minus thirty down Mm -hmm. there, or excuse me, up there, you're not catching much. Your hands are frozen solid.
1: I'd like to throw uh, Matt Forte in the mix there. He's second in the NFL right now in rushing yards with 196 yards, and he continues to just prove how how. Big of an asset he is he's he's the weapon for the jets right now, and he's getting up there in age and leaving the bears uh who he had been with for so long. it just shows that he he carried that offense. Jay Cutler can't do it on his own. The bears are going to have a rough year without matt forte, and uh he's he's on the rise as old as he's getting yep seems
0: like those running backs are doing great getting older. All right, we'll move to the last two topics here. Going into week three of the NFL, who are your top three power rankings teams and why?
1: Well, I'll start at the bottom this week. Thank you. appreciate (laughs) it. I was like, please stop. I like the Denver Broncos at three. The defense is strong. The defense and the running game carries this team. Trevor Simeon seems to just be doing enough to allow C.J. Anderson to control the offense and the and to allow the defense to steal the show. Von Miller continues to do great things, forced a fumble in a big situation last week. And uh, the De- the Denver Broncos are the Denver Broncos. They did it with Peyton Manning, who, in all honesty, last year was not the Peyton Manning that we all know and love. He struggled. He- Brock Osweiler was in for a little while, but Trevor Simeon is Brock just Osweiler a little... Brock Osweiler balled out, though. It yeah. wasn't like
0: the defense actually carried him. He... Helped tremendously. C.J.
1: Anderson carries this offense. Now he does, yeah, because and they have he did no towards quarterback. Towards the end of that year, last
0: year, well, Peyton Manning came as quarterback. Yes, but Brock Osweiler. Look at him now in Houston. He's two and zero playing. great. that guy's a good quarterback. They missed out on a the gem. They let him go. But go ahead. I'm gonna keep let you go because I'm gonna tear right. up the
1: Denver Broncos later. Ooh, on. that's interesting. Okay. Well, number two, I've got New England. They found a way to hold on against Miami. They're two and zero without Tom Brady, with uh, which uh, a lot of New England fans. If they say if you get four, if you get those four games without Tom Brady, winning two of them, you're going to be happy. And now that's the worst that they could do. So he comes, Tom Brady comes back week five. And as soon as they get Tom Brady back, I'm sure they'll move up to number one again, in my opinion. But um, I I didn't like I didn't like seeing Miami, a decently average team coming back on New England like that. Coming
0: back because they lost Garoppolo. They had their triple backup quarterback come in. But weren't we just saying we just saying
1: last week that under Belichick's system that any quarterback can play not in it? Not
0: necessarily.
1: Garoppolo's a star. Brady's a star. Garoppolo's not a star.
0: Garoppolo is gonna be a star in this league a hundred percent. He's got everything he, is not he needs a star to. Right you now. look at what Belichick has done. He did not draft any quarterbacks that were decent or good in Cleveland. He had Bledsoe at the very beginning of his New England career and he let him go Who is a great quarterback in the NFL he had Brady who worked out I believe his stat is he's drafted Brady, eight.
1: Brady just worked out
0: <laughs> it yeah it worked out perfectly because Bledsoe got hurt he took over and did what he needed to do to get that starting job I think
1: Brady has a lot to do with this team yes I think exactly Belichick but does Belichick
0: too. has drafted eight quarterbacks eight quarterbacks in his entire career and Brady right now is the only one that's panned out Yes, you can say Matt Castle has done good, but the year he came in was the year after the New England Patriots went, what was it sixteen and zero, and they lost the last game in the Super Bowl. They went nineteen, was it eighteen and one? Okay, so they have the best team on paper coming back for that upcoming year, and then the first game Brady goes out, and then Castle finishes the year eleven and five. You and I could have stepped in there with that system and players they had all around and finished above 500. That's that's a team. But that's right not. There. But that's
1: not what they're showing this week. That's that's what I had to say. Is okay. without without Garoppolo or Brady in there, they did fall apart, and that doesn't show. That that doesn't make them my number one. But team. you
0: you take out any starter right now that is in a good team, and you put a backup in, they're going to struggle. They were geared up for Garoppolo to play that whole game, and they were dominating when he went out. It was like thirty-one to three at the time. They were absolutely—they were going to put up fifty on that
1: Dolphins defense. That doesn't speak for their defense. Their defense. We're We're going to see see this this week. We're going to see this week on Thursday what happens. But go ahead. Yeah, we'll see. Number one, I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers who, who just had—they had a huge win over the Bengals last week, and that gave them an edge in the AFC North. And they're doing it all without LeVeon Bell, who's possibly well, they've got some huge stars. Yeah, they're, Antonio they're Brown. They're loaded. D'Angelo Williams. Yeah, of course Big Ben. But uh <laughs> you they're doing it all without Le'Veon Bell. Wait for him to get back. They've got the two two of the best running backs in the NFL behind maybe CJ Anderson. I'd throw him in that mix as well. Uh, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers look good and look for them to do well in the playoffs this year. They they've got they've got a good swagger behind them. They're not they've never been a losing program there in Pittsburgh. They are they know how to win and they will continue to do so. I've got them at number 1.
0: Okay, fair enough. At number 3, this might surprise you. I have the Minnesota Vikings at number 3. At number 3. You got to have you, you got to have teams at 2 and 0, and they're one of the 2 and 0 teams that I am buying right now. If you look at the other uh, 2 0 teams that are below them. Uh, I just don't think they have what it, uh, they haven't shown it yet, obviously. That's a huge win playing at home and beating the Green Bay Packers. And then they beat the Minnesota Vikings, or not Minnesota Vikings, they are the, the Vikings beat the Tennessee Titans uh, in week one. Not a great win, but they also had their backup quarterback. Bradford didn't even play at that point. Uh, Peterson out is going to be tough, but I think that offense is showing signs that they can play without him, obviously. At number two, I have actually the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like it. Okay. I I like like (laughs) that. that, That's funny that we're agreeing on this a little bit there in the top two. Uh, The Steelers looked absolutely great there that Sunday against the Bengals rivalry game. Uh, Not the rivalry game that I wanted to see. I wanted to see Bell in the game. He missed. He slept in doing his drug test. I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he was a little high on something. (laughs) No accusations here, but No accusations here. But regardless, and then the best – Player on defense on both teams was not in that game, and that is Vontez Perfect, the heart and leader of that Bengals squad. He changes games for a reason. Pac-Man Jones came out and said, "I can't wait to play those MFers later this season." I'll tip my hat this week, but later on the season, it's going to be December, very cold in in Cincinnati and Pittsburgh's travel. See, too.
1: I think Cincinnati looks and Cincinnati fans look at that as a rivalry game. More so than the Steelers fans do. It is a rivalry. Don't well, get me Montez wrong. Montez
0: wasn't in the game. So, yeah, there's no rivalry aspect because he was the rival. He brought no. the intensity. He won the game for the Bengals last year. Jeremy Hill fumbled the next play, and then everything unraveled. He, you got to realize how mad and how much hate the Bengals have for the Steelers over the years. There's just been so much I, stuff I, I will on.
1: agree on that. I think that the Steelers – Hate the Ravens. I think when they the play Ravens the Ravens, not okay. Yeah, I know everyone that, says that's that, that, but who the, no, Steelers.
0: the yeah, the Steelers. But everyone else in America wants to see the game with everyone on it. the 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 eight thirty game uh, with Baltimore and Pittsburgh is not going to have as many viewers as the eight thirty game with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh with, any, with everyone there. And there's a reason why, because Baltimore when they play Pittsburgh both times this year, I believe are at one o'clock. So the next time the Bengals play the Steelers, it's going to be a primetime game. expect a lot of hard hitting in this December 18th. So, yeah, Baltimore both times are 1 o'clock and 4.30. So their early games are not primetime slots at all. Who
1: do you have as number one, Bobby? I'm one of the New England
0: Patriots right now. They're doing great work without some unbelievable offensive people. you we were naming some great players on Pittsburgh. But when you don't have Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback we've ever seen, and then Gronkowski, the greatest tight end we've ever seen, not playing games and you're beating up on teams that are pretty good hats off to the Patriots right now last segment before we wrap things up I'm gonna have four games I have the spread you tell me who and why Houston the Houston Texans at 2-0 and travel to New England who was also 2-0 and but right now Houston is favored by one and a half with Garoppolo looking like he is out for this week and they've uh the North, or excuse me, yeah, North Carolina State quarterback Brisket, I think it's his name, and as the starter, and then the backup, Julian Edelman.
1: Julian Edelman, the man can do it all. The quarterback at Kent State, I like, I like Julian Edelman and the New England Patriots in this game. I think they'll get it done. This is, they're go, they're going to win these games. They're gonna they're gonna do it for Tom Brady if they can give Tom Brady his position back with with a four and O record look for them to make a Super Bowl run this year. I think the Patriots are the real deal. I have them as number 2 for a reason. I they're going to beat they're going to beat Houston.
0: All right, it's going to be a weird game. It's on Thursday. So this week the Patriots have a very short week coming into this game with a triple backup quarterback. I think Brock Osweiler has been licking his chops to come back and play against a big time game, a big time team on a big time stage. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh Gronk, I don't know if he's going to be able to play on a short week. Um, and the quarterback for New England, Jacoby Brissett. It's not brisket, brissett. You're uh, thinking
1: about barbecue. I am thinking about bar- I mean,
0: I- my vegetarian self, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, he uh, he's a rookie. We'll see what happens with him coming in. Tom Brady said he expects Brissett to do what he can do and win, win them the ballgame. Uh, so it's going to be interesting in a couple nights to see what goes on there. The next game. We have the Denver Broncos finally leaving Denver and traveling to Cincinnati at one o'clock. Right now the spread's minus three in Cincinnati's
1: favor. This is an interesting game, and I do and it wouldn't surprise me if Cincinnati pulled out this win. But I'm gonna go with the Denver Broncos. I think I think Cincinnati Cincinnati's coming off a big loss, so this is this is hard for me. I think Cincinnati's going to want a rebound, but Denver's going to hold strong, and they're going to prove this is a big statement game for the Broncos. I think that they're going to prove that they are the best team behind maybe the Patriots in the AFC. All right, now here's where you gone wrong.
0: Let's go back to week one. The Bengals went to the New York Jets. They had zero drop passes. Which
1: they almost lost that game.
0: They still won. Regardless, the Jets. The it, Opening, opening day, 9 What do you expect, man? Everything's racing there in New York. Bengals had zero drop passes. Andy Dalton looked great. It was sunny. I expect the same thing this week, week three. They're coming home for the first time. They went to Pittsburgh last week. It was a absolute monsoon swamp mess. Rain the entire game. The Bengals receivers had eight drop passes. They make all eight of those catches. I think we win that ball game. Also... Couple questionable calls. The Bengals could be two and zero. The Tyler Boyd fumble. Every Steelers fan knows that was not a fumble. He was down. They did not not, not have enough video evidence to review that. And then the tight end uh, for the Bengals got his knee down in the end zone. They did not review it. A knee in the NFL down counts as two feet in bounds. I have the Bengals winning this game and actually. And I think the defense is going to get too Simeon. He's going to panic. I think the run defense holds uh, Anderson to. a Just under 100 yards, but with that and Simi not performing, it's going to be a a cakewalk for the Bengals, I think, this game. Um, And then DeMarcus Ware is out for the Broncos. So that's a huge loss for them. Game three, I love this matchup. The Minnesota Vikings travel to Carolina Panthers. Carolina is favored by a touchdown at seven.
1: Yeah, and I think this game is going to make you take them out of your top three. Carolina will win this game and I think that's just especially if Adrian Peterson can't play we don't know how long he's out for but I don't think that Minnesota can beat the Panthers I think that the Panthers are possibly the best team in the NFC with the Cardinals but I think the Cardinals quite aren't quite as good or or as confident as the Panthers right now I think that the Panthers will get this game done. Look for another huge performance from Cam Newton who's trying to win back to back MVPs.
0: It's going to be a very very low scoring game. I think defense is going to be a huge part in this. I think that Minnesota's defense is going to have to hold Carolina and Cam Newton keep Cam Newton in the pocket. Obviously got the guard, uh Benjamin and Olsen. Those are two huge huge targets there for uh Cam Newton. And I think the defense for uh, the front seven, front eight for the Minnesota Vikings can get after Cam like the Denver Broncos did. So we'll have to see what happens there. In the final game, it's the Battle of the Keystone State. Yes, Pennsylvania is front and center at 430. The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to the Philadelphia Eagles. Pittsburgh is favored, though, by three and a half.
1: Pittsburgh will win this game. I think Carson Wentz, this, this is where he struggles. I think that he maybe has a couple turnovers, and Philadelphia will drop off of their high horse. Their egos will go down a little bit after running into this tough Steelers team. In Philadelphia, before the season started, they were predicted to have a losing season, which I believe that they still will. They played the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears, who are possibly the two Worst teams in the NFL, not even possibly. They are the two worst teams in the NFL right now. And um, Carson Wentz struggles a little bit in this game.
0: I got Jacksonville worse than than Washington. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, it's going to be a tough game for Carson Wentz. This is his first major team he's playing. As you said, uh, if he comes out and wins this game, though, every single fan of the NFL will be turning their head it on the once i will i will i already sort of have oh i'm i'm rooting for him absolutely i mean obviously i'm a Bengals fan so i gotta root for pittsburgh to lose that game <laughs> uh my old roommate matt fazio uh huge on the once wagon you he, uh, he was from philly we'll see what happens i'm uh, i'm pulling for you matt so that's gonna wrap up things for episode two here on the podcast again please once you listen to this po- repost this so everyone else can get to it you guys mean everything to us and if you want to, please follow us on Twitter at JBWeeklyWrapUp. Here's a picture of Jackson and myself looking very, very <laughs> dacked out there. Uh, we have, a, Yeah, we look dapper, as always. We have a new picture coming as well. So, again, thank you, Jackson. We'll be on the same time next week. The podcast will drop at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. So long, everybody.